Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the week. Hailing from Table Show Studios in Kansas City. Hosted by Captain Awesome and T-Mac. It is the Spanish Announce Table. We are recording. It is 207. T-Mac out here in Table Show Studios. Uh, I like our new studios, don't you think? Sure. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I it's like a nice, it. Nice get up we got here. It's better than Papa Shango's uh, uh, basement, even though he had a basement studio. Uh, Papa Shango's library is cool. I like Papa Shango's library. Mm, yeah, I like the library too. I'm there now. Yeah, yeah. Shh, kayfabe. All right, so. <laughs> T Mac. T Mac, what's, what's new with T Mac? Loving this Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather oh, spectacle shit it, show. It's, it's the fun. fucking best. It's fun. Yep. It's the fucking just dumbest, yeah. funnest. Can, can I pause you? Here's what everybody's paying for. Everybody's talking about like, oh, why are we going to pay to see this fight? Everybody is paying to see the battle of the shit talking fighters. Shit talk each other. That's what we're paying to see. And so far, Conor McGregor's winning. Well, as one-sided as the fight will be, it's as one-sided the other way for Connor in the press conferences. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're doing a boxing style, which is the dumbest possible way. So, like, the difference between a boxing style promo – or, excuse me, a press conference and a MMA press conference, for those who don't know, and just a quick uh, little rundown, is a boxing – uh, press conference is super fucking lame, right? Yeah, okay. So what they All do right. is one guy walks out, the other guy walks out, and then they have just fucking talking heads, right? So it's like, uh, we would like to bring out the marketing director for the venue, uh, Jeff Jackoff, and Jeff Jackoff will go like, this is so great, we just love every, and no one fucking cares, right? Hey, I and just then- now realized how close Jeff Jarrett's name is to Jeff Jackoff. Yeah. Right? Maybe it should be his. Anyway, proceed. (laughs) And then they'll have another guy go up there, and he'll say, you know, uh, my name is uh, Jerry Jerry Curl. And Jerry Mm -hmm. Jerry Curl will be like, yeah, this is amazing. Can't wait for the fight. It's going to be on this, uh, you know, pay-per-view stream. Buy it, right? Mm -hmm. And then the fighter comes out there, and he just basically gives a speech. I've been working hard. This has been fun. Uh, You're going to get your ass kicked. The other guy says the same fucking thing, right? MMA, the press sit there, and then they ask the fighters, hey, what's your camp been like for this? Oh, well, my camp's been this. I'm going to kick his ass. And then the other guy has another microphone, and he's responding. He's like, no, fuck off. Or, you know, if they're respectful, they won't say anything. But that's where it's fun, and that's where Connor makes all of his money is in that back-and-forth stuff. The first day, they're doing a four-day press conference. We're recording this on day two when they just finished in Toronto. On day one, uh, Connor was trying to shit talk back to Floyd, and they cut his microphone. So then on day two, Connor brought his own personal microphone to the press conference, and it was like, you Showtime motherfuckers aren't cutting my mic. And so he Where did he get, there. like, did he have speakers set up? What the fuck? Yeah, he just he tied into whatever speaker system they had. And so then he was like – so Floyd Mayweather was like, uh, uh, you know, I'm a $100 million man. And then Connor was like, yeah, that all goes to the, your taxes. Like they started chanting pay your taxes at Floyd Mayweather as Floyd Mayweather was walking to the uh, so microphone. Fun. 
That's oh, so it was fun. so great. It was great. Love it. I can't wait. It's going to be such a fucking horrible fight, and it's going to be one-sided, but God damn it, if it's not going to be fun up until we get to that. Point. Oh, yeah. This is the fun part. The fight will be lackluster. I'll be like, yeah, we should have known that was coming, but this is well, the fun stuff. I don't stuff. know. Look. I mean, maybe I'm falling for the spectacle, and I am. So whatever, go fucking suck a dick. Uh, but it, it, who knows? Because on paper, like I'm, I'm just gonna tell you the paper facts of this fight. You have a 26 year old fighter in his prime that is currently active fighting a 40 year old retired fighter coming out of retirement who hasn't fought in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who are you? And take? there's only one loss to- between them. No, uh, Connor's lost three oh, times. Oh, he has. Oh, okay. Yeah, two of them were like before he got to the UFC. Then one yeah, was Nate tr- okay. Diaz. Okay, and then okay. in my opinion, I he lost you. the rematch to Diaz. Uh-huh. But, but that's here or nor there. Um, but yeah, well, and uh, that's and Nate Diaz is your man crush Monday. So no, I, I mean I love the Diaz <laughs> brothers. They're not my man crush, but yeah, yeah, they're they are awesome. I love them. They're great. Who is your man crush? Uh, Jason Herzog, he's a MMA referee. He's the fucking coolest guy. I have two of them. Ryan Loco, who we've had on this show, yeah, yeah, good who guy. does the uh, ECW pay-per-view or ECW uh, podcast with Jonathan Stone of Bleacher Report. That's my first man crush. And then my second man crush is Jason Herzog. He's an MMA referee. He trains uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu by day. Then he goes to the UFC and then does their fights. And uh, he's super fucking cool. He's done a few Titan shows. We got to know him, uh, drink beer with him, uh, partied with him. He's a great fucking guy, chill, super intelligent. That's my two man crushes. Nice. I like that. You just and said it so fighters- distinctly. You were like, that's yeah, not my man crush. So I was like, well, clearly he has to have a, he knows yeah, his yeah, man yeah. crushes. All right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I know my man crushes as far as fighters. <laughs> you know, I like the Diaz's, uh, back in the day, Rich Franklin was my number one, two and three. And then you got Frankie Edgar, junior Dos Santos, yada, yada, yada. Right, uh, right. Okay. But that's not an MMA show. It's a pro wrestling show. Uh, but before we do that, what have you been up to? Oh, just working on this house, man, out here on the ranch. Just, we, uh, ripped up a bunch of carpet upstairs. The upstairs is almost painted it'll be done being painted tomorrow and then we'll be laying down the floors and that will be done we will have completely redone everything ceilings walls floors bathroom everything That's awesome. up there i did some gardening i pulled some uh we have some squash that just uh developed i guess is how you say it nice. or whatever so i pulled that and some onions and some tomatoes uh and some lettuce nice i mowed about i don't know 10 acres last night and i say last night because i did it till 10 p.m fuck off that noise <laughs> that uh, is nah, I, I started at about eight so i mean t- two hours about one fuck and you're not even done oh that was yeah that was a fourth of the <laughs> now half of, the, of it's wooded and some of it we don't even mow either you know what i mean uh, and i don't even know if i'm going to be mowing that stuff normally anyway i was just kind of i was out mowing and i started an area and i was like ah now i gotta finish the outline i did you know like you make a big circle and you're like ah crap <laughs> and i was like this is taking a little bit longer than i wanted yeah, man, yeah, just figuring out what we're shit. doing out here, how to live out here, you know, and then work, of course, standard crap, man. Uh, we did have a big old bonfire, though, down at the uh, at the bonfire on the new Rainer Ranch here, right by the pond. You're going to have to come out and see this place, man. But yeah, other than that, nothing new. Just excited for this week of wrestling we had. Yeah, and it was a great fucking week. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, when most wrestling fans can get negative, you always try to skew it positive, and you do that by giving us three things each week that you found positive from the week of pro wrestling. What are your T-Max three Ps for this week? 
All right, here we go. P1, oh, the ambulance no, You just match. know saw that uh, transition there, huh? Last week, yeah. I, I almost breezed by it, and this week, I hit it perfectly, and you're just like, fuck this guy. Well, you did what you're supposed to. You don't get <laughs> rewarded for doing things you're supposed to. All right, Dad. Yeah. What, what do you, you want a gold star? Jesus. You want to be, be nice. in these elementary classes and clip up to cookie. the good behavior because you cookie. did what you're supposed to? Yeah, clip up would be nice. I hated that when I was a substitute teacher, these fucking kids, they'd be like, hey, Mr. Thomas, because they couldn't say my last name. So they're like, Mr. Thomas, we uh, we put away our, our Crayolas and we uh, push in our chairs. Should we clip up? I said, fuck no. You did what you're supposed to. You said you that. Dumb huh? shits. No, I didn't say that. You said, but listen, I, here I said you no. little. No, listen, here you little no. cum stains. Ah. <laughs> no, but I said it like this. I go. They go, we put our Crayolas away and we pushed our chairs in. Mr. Thomas, can we clip up to good behavior? Because they start all at neutral, right? Yeah, no, that's neutral and, behavior. Yeah, and they looked at me and they go, can we do that? And I go, no, no. I picture you like getting real close right to them and grimacing and going, no, like Vince McMahon style. No, I said it so off-putting as if I like they I felt like they were a booger on my finger and I just flicked them away, you know, like get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> look at this little right, schmuck here in a in a look at this schmuck here in a Target $3 shirt and shorts here talking to me yeah. about clipping up for pushing his chair in. Yeah, why do you got a school bag? You can't even fucking read. Talk to me when you go to Nam. All right. <laughs> All right, my three Ps. Number one, the ambulance match from the pay-per-view. Are you serious? How much fun was that? Yeah. You had Roman Reigns who lost because he's a dumb shit. And then you had Roman Reigns get upset and then throw Braun in the back and then go 150 miles per hour they're trying to sell us and go into the back of another car. I loved it. It was perfect. It was amazing. It's going to be in the tweet table, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll just share my kind of ugh, feelings that I saw from the reaction, but that was pure entertainment. Absolutely loved it. Mwah! Great job. P2. And this is one of the best segments of fucking wrestling all year, maybe in the last, maybe the best wrestling segment I've enjoyed since we've started this show. Okay. But the Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, and then Roman Reigns and Kurt Angle. Fucking promo. Oh, my God. Roman Reigns first starts off with the fun, you know, like uh, Kurt Angle, you didn't know how to uh, hold Braun Strowman. And then Brock, you're never here. Ooh, that's pretty cool, right? And then Samoa Joe comes out there and just says, fuck you, motherfuckers, and says, we're all coming back down to reality. Brock Lesnar in this just alpha male shit that I just fucking love, which is like, you want to talk shit on me? I got the fucking title. I got the fucking title. And Joe not backing down said, you see these fucking rolls? You ain't shit to this. I eat fucking shits like you, you piece of fucking white gorilla donkey meat, you cunt and they just fucking staring at each other and then Roman Reigns is like oh hey guys I'm here with my thumb in my ass whatever but oh that fucking head to head between Joe and Brock Lesnar that king alpha shit male oh I love that before we go any further here uh GBL uh if if there was any any display that showed you that you are welcome on this show <laughs> it was yeah, it's right tirade, there right there i know you keep selling to these folks out there that the fun police have got you chained up uh 
Nope. Hey, man. Hey, we're here. Hey, I loved that also. And Samoa Joe came out like he had nothing to lose and was like, uh-uh. Not, like, it felt like he was like, he had work shooted himself, man. He was he was ready to fight, man. He was ready to throw hands, and this was fun. It was super fun to watch. Well, and what made it great is that they believed it, right? So, like, I go back to when Brock Lesnar and Undertaker did their brawl in Kansas City and we were there and we were just so fucking pumped for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's because we believed that they were really wanting to fight each other. And Brock Lesnar was yelling at him like, I'm going to kill you. And then Undertaker saying, you're going to have to. Like, there was no, oh, I've got to say this one line where, hey, Joe, you really think you have his number? Didn't you lose last night? Oh, too sweet me, bro. Fuck off with that <laughs> cunt shit. It's too fucking sweet believe me. it and go after it. You know? Yeah, like, I loved it. I love that. That's that is what I'm fucking talking about. Love that shit. God damn. Right. I watched that clip. I watched that scene or not scene. I watched that uh, YouTube clip maybe 15 times since Monday. <laughs> I believe, and it. I just watched that one little part when he's yeah. like, "You want you see this? You see this?" Oh, and I even forgot the one part where Brock Lesnar scoffed at the idea that Roman Reigns would face him, and was like, "You don't deserve shit." Yeah, which couldn't have been a more shoot-like statement from Brock Lesnar. It felt like than I've ever seen before. It felt like yeah. he honestly believed that. Oh, he was he let loose all filters in that, and that was fun. Yeah. I like that. But again, it's because he believed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, love it. they're delivering 100% on this. Yeah. All right. What's P3? All right. Now I'm going a little outside the box. It's a tad dated. I just found out about it maybe three days ago. I posted it on our Spanish announce table, Twitter, and Facebook page. It's great. And I love this. And I know that I talk so much shit on John Cena, but my shit talking isn't the character of – uh, never give up. I don't I mean, I hate that phrase. Never give up because it's very generic and boring. Right. My mm -hmm. biggest beef with him is that his storylines are always I want a title. I've said that since day one of why I didn't like Cena. It's I want a title. Well, so does everyone else. Like, fuck off. Who cares? Yeah, Be more. Right. So do I have more layers. Right. I liked when Kane said embrace the hate and he got got over that. Or when Bray Wyatt was saying come to the dark side, basically, and he was saying no. And then. Now, I kind of like the American thing around the 4th of July time with Rusev, even though he clarified it on Talking Smack that he doesn't have anything against the Bulgarians. It's just he's an American, right? Right. So Cena in my book is okay, except for evolve the storyline past titles. No one fucking cares. Like, be a character. Anyhow, this is really great. So Mattel, Toys R Us, WWE, and Make-A-Wish have partnered up. And part of a Make-A-Wish foundation or part of a Make-A-Wish, um, I guess, wish come true. I don't know how they classify when a wish has been granted, but whatever that is called. They granted a wish where uh, a kid got to design a John Cena action figure from scratch. So wow. they – they had him do like he put never give up on the uh, on his knee pads. He did a red, white and blue T-shirt. He did red shorts. He did black uh, shoes. He did red and blue wristbands. And now that toy is available exclusively at Toys R Us. If you purchase the John Cena action figure that Mattel, Toys R Us, WWE and Make-A-Wish partnered up on with th with this kid developing Proceed or part of the proceeds goes to Make a Wish. 
So uh, it's available right now at your Toys R Us. So go there, buy it because it's an action figure. First off, he's never worn this, so it's kind of like an exclusive thing. On the back, it shows the kid, his story, why he came up with it, a little short, two paragraphs, I think, explaining why he came up with the design. And like I said, the great thing is it goes – the proceeds go to make a wish. And that's great because more so than pro wrestling, you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady's out there doing make a wishes too. So it's supporting a bigger goal of helping kids who are less fortunate than us. Yeah. I think make a wish is one of the coolest organizations out there. And that's one of the things, uh, if you ask, you know, the love hate relationship with John Cena and the John Cena character, the coolest thing I think about him is all the make a wish stuff because that make a wish it allows, right. It allows, well, so it allows a child, like, these people are not long for this world, usually, and Mm -hmm. uh, it gives them something to accomplish or feel like they did something that they've always wanted to do, you know, in the little time they have left. Right, It can't get much better than that. Yeah, and I loved it. And I, I like, specifically Make-A-Wish because, unlike some of the Susan G. Comans that they partner up with and things like that. Like I don't see anything from that. And that's me maybe being a selfish egotistical asshole on the sidelines. But when I see a make a wish, you can see it impacting the kid's life that instant. Right. So like, that's what I support. Like, obviously we want to cure as many diseases that we can and things like that. But Let's also make an impact in these kids' lives by having them meet John Cena, AJ Styles, Tom Brady, LeBron James, you know, fill in the blank. And so I love the Make-A-Wish Foundation for what they do as far as an instant impact on these kids' lives. So I like the Make-A-Wish a lot. And then also, hey, it's a cool fucking action figure. Toys like R Us, man. Good. That was a good P3 right there. I like that. Yeah, thank you. So then let's get into what happened this week. All the dirt sheets were a buzzing. All the news uh, wires were beeping, man. A lot of news this week, and we picked the four hottest topics. I think you even said you've got a surprise fifth, maybe? Is that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's right. a fun one. It's a quick one. All right. So uh, you want me to start? Well, then yes. you should start if you've got, uh, if no, you've you got three and I've got two. I just two. got done talking a lot. Okay. All right. I'll start with uh, one here. Uh, oh, yeah one here let me make sure we've got everything we need to have and t-mac are you ready for the moment uh, news? Is. if bobby and whitney were wrestlers they would be page and del rio <laughs> orlando police detained gfw champion alberto l patron this week investigating a possible domestic violence battery at the orlando airport TMZ reported an eyewitness describing an altercation with a female companion. WWE superstar Paige, El Patron's girlfriend, responded on Twitter saying the couple called the police because a woman was attempting to take a picture of them, and when they confronted her, she threw a drink on El Patron. Paige's story was later proven false when TMZ released an audio recording of Paige and El Patron arguing in the airport and El Patron telling witnesses that Paige had assaulted him and needed to be arrested. Paige can be heard telling El Patron that she wants to get away from him. Witness reports tell a story that El Patron was making comments about Paige's family while the two ate at an airport restaurant. He then grabbed Paige's wrist when she attempted to leave, causing her to throw a drink on him. The altercation then carried out into the airport halls. The witness who captured the audio did so after claiming they heard El Patron announce that they should check Paige's bag because she has all the coke in there 
and that it is all hers. The witness then attempted to provide assistance to Page and said airport security stopped El Patron saying they could smell the alcohol. Some of Page's family has since claimed they have been made aware that El Patron has been physically and mentally abusing Page for at least the last six months. Global Force Wrestling announced they have indefinitely suspended Alberto El Patron until the investigation following the incident has been revolved, or, uh, resolved. Wow. A lot of stuff there, man. So drugs are a hell of a thing. Yeah. And I, okay. It's El Patron's had some anger issues that he's been suspended for before, at least from WWE. And uh, I'm not putting all the onus on him here. Clearly, you know, she's doing her own things here, causing some problems, but uh, these two need to be away from each other. And I feel like he needs some help. Uh, This is all. She needs some help as well, obviously, but um, yeah, but they're addicted to each other. They, I, I feel when you get into that toxic, and this is again me judging from the sidelines, so I don't have all the facts, and really I can't comment a hundred percent. But this is a podcast where we comment on the news, so I'm going to give you my opinion. I think when you get addicted to the fun drugs that are mess with your behavior, like a cocaine, probably, uh, obviously like alcohol and maybe some other things. Uh, it makes you addicted to having that high with the other person. So they love the, the feeling of getting high together and doing all the sure. stupid stuff. But then I've when they there. go flip it on the other side, yeah, that's when I, the I, shit gets bad like this. And so they, they're addicted to it. I've been there. I have been yeah. there. Yeah, I've been I mean, there. Fucking yeah. drugs are fun. Right. But you just got to make sure you do it responsibly. Fun and bad at the same time. Drugs are bad, kids. No, they're not. No, drugs aren't bad. No, listen. It's, yeah, okay. No. Dr- yes, abusing drugs is bad. Yeah. Drugs are great. It's so, just don't abuse it. Um, from all witness accounts, it sounds like she tried to protect the situation, but he was mad, said something shitty about her family and then she tried to leave and he grabbed her and the brother is saying and i think a couple brothers are saying that they've been hearing that this has been going on that he's been kind of maybe not beating her but you know what i mean being maybe a little handsy um and of course this is all speculation i'm not throwing alberto el patron you know innocent until proven guilty but i i think we're seeing enough to know here that something ain't right here in this whole situation and i hope these two can figure something out yeah, they definitely need to be separated and away from each other for an extended period of time, but they love that shit. Well, so until that happens, until they don't love that shit, they're going to be in that shit. If if only so we don't get another Whitney situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll move on. The greatest man alive not employed by the WWE. Me. Or or Austin Aries. You, oh, oh yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, this broke after our last episode, so we need to include it. But WWE has come to terms to on the release of WWE superstar Austin Aries. WWE wishes Aries the best in all of his future endeavors. So 
basically at first it was WWE has fired Austin Aries. Then the story was uh, Austin Aries actually asked for his release. Then it came out that no WWE actually wanted to get rid of him because of his bad attitude backstage. And Austin Aries was more than happy to oblige because he really wasn't happy in the WWE. So he wanted out because he felt pigeonholed being on 205 Live, which is a wasteland. And so they basically mutually said fuck off to each other. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, it feels right for him and his whole character. Like, he was never going to be the star over there. It, he could have had a decent run as, say, an NXT champion, I believe. They would have given him something like that. And then they tried to give him 205 Live, but I bet he didn't win it uh, because of that reason. They were probably like, hey, you know what? This guy's not feeling this. We're not feeling him. And, you know, and this isn't the first time we've heard that maybe he's not the easiest guy to deal with. So True. To me, and you guys can roast me and then passively aggressive say your tweets that are super negative about how I say things in wrestling, but fuck off. It's my podcast. You're not so yours. fucking Thanks negative, you, you um, dumb motherfucker. You're so right. negative. You, you're the negative person because you have stupid opinions. You, you're the negative but, one. But, not yeah, me, you. <laughs> right. But Austin Aries, to me. And this is in no way trying to be mean, but I said this, I think last week and even the week before, they have so much talent in WWE that to me as a viewer, unless you are Brock Lesnar, John Cena, maybe Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, I don't care if you get released. So this brings me to something I've been thinking of recently, right? Uh, this will be better because, yeah, let's say Austin Aries goes to GFW. I'd rather see what he could do over there because they're going to put him in a more prime spotlight where he can shine with some of his stuff. So I started thinking about things like that alongside with this whole broken Matt Hardy issue where they're trying to fight with this gimmick. I was like, just pay anthem to use that gimmick but then wwe should start doing that you've got we talked about the fashion police right you said mm -hmm. man if this was nxt or if this was impact this would be the top thing but right. it's so buried here start selling these ideas and these people to these other companies you're world wrestling entertainment you're gonna make a shit ton of money if you sell this base gimmick and sell off your contract to to anthem for you know, they're like, oh, we got Austin Aries, we got the Fashion Police. Just start trading folks around. What what do you have to lose from that? And you could put in a royalty thing. I get five percent of all the profits you make off of them in merchandising. You know what I mean? Like what? If somebody would take that to heart. But if you come up with a great idea that you just don't have time to produce, mm -hmm. sell it off as as yeah, creative content. That that is a great idea, and I think you've said it before, and I like it. But they they're just so us 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 yeah, mentality. I know it. But, but Old to my school. bigger point is I, I'm not sad to see Austin Aries go because he's a dime a dozen. He's – Oh, yeah. You know, he's Dolph Ziggler. He's Finn Balor. Other, well, Miz is a different story. But he's, he's Finn Balor. Ty he's Dillinger. Dolph he's Ty all Dillinger. the same guy. Yes. So, I mean, I do. I hope he goes – I hope he does the Cody route, right? Go to all three and then find your footing in – New Japan or Ring of Honor and fucking uh, kill it. Yeah, I bet you he joins the Bullet Club in a couple months. Right. Kicks out Marty Scroll, and there you go. Yeah, there you Which go. Which Marty should be in WWE. I fucking love that guy. But anyhow, uh, Austin Aries, he's gone. He has a, a cookbook, by the way. Um, check it out. Vegan? Uh, he's a vegan. Yeah, vegan. So if you're yep. into that vegan lifestyle, uh, he writes a pretty darn good book about how to be a vegan. 
And uh, he's actually mentioned in Daniel Bryan's book about how he got Daniel Bryan to become a vegetarian. Oh, all right, we'll move on. So you started this policy during the Great Balls of Fire. What is that? WWE is no longer using pyro during wrestler entrances as a cost-saving measure, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer this week. Meltzer reported WWE currently views the costly pyro as unnecessary right now. (laughs) No. It seems odd to start that right in the Great Balls of Fire. Yes. I see the irony in that. Yes. However, it looks stupid when Brock Lesnar does his and then there's no pyro. Yeah, I know. You know? I That's know how he it. Does Rawr. Yeah, you know? I know. They view it as not necessary, but it adds to the overall ambiance. It absolutely does. And if you're going to market yourself as this spectacle and this larger-than-life circus, which is exactly what wrestling always has been and came from, and that's what WWE is, is a big traveling circus. Uh, Yeah, man, you got to have the pyro. It gets people pumped. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I do not miss the the, uh, 9 million signs in the crowd during the Attitude Era, but my favorite thing of Nitro and Raw was right when you started, it was a fucking 4th of July fireworks show and that got you pumped so here we go so it's the brock lesnar entrance let's say they were doing this at the sprint center in kansas city let's say we're not even going cheap well we are we're let's say we get into the two suite up there right provided Mm -hmm. by a friend of the show uh can we say that yeah anthony shark bagatiris right nwl superstar uh uh let's say we're up in the two suite we see brock do his right uh great but we're really far away from that Right. We're up in the two suite and we can't, you know, we see it, but it doesn't have the same impact as somebody right next to him. But you know what does the loud explosions and the fireworks and the bright lights of that. Right. Like that gets us pumped going. Yeah. Yeah. Us of those way up there and the people up in the nosebleeds and the people on the back end of the of the ring. Like it's uh, you got to kind of do that for them. Yep. Yep, I agree. Right. I right. lo- I like the pyro. Yeah, it, it's a good tone setter at the beginning of the show. It adds a pop to an entrance that needs it, i.e. Brock Lesnar, and I'm going to miss it. So hopefully it comes back soon. It will. All right, let's move on. So he's not going to call the matches for your company, but if your wrestlers wrestle for another company, he'll call those matches. What? Kevin Kelly, the Ring of yeah. Honor television situation, is in bit of a fl- influx with the exit of play-by-play man Kevin Kelly. The third announcer has departed from the company, or the third announcer to have departed the company in the last several weeks following Steve Carino and then Nigel McGuinness. PW Insider reported Kelly uh, being gone from the promotion, which we can or which they confirmed Kelly is headed to Japan for a week to work for new Japan pro wrestling alongside Don Callis doing both the February 5th show and the February 11th show for next year. Um, so Kevin Kelly gone from ring of honor, but calling new Japan. And what I said is Cody Rhodes, yeah. or Cody, the ring of honor champion 
now goes to New Japan. Oh, yeah. And Kevin oh. Kelly calls those matches, but won't call Ring of Honor. Wow. And they have a great working relationship. A lot of ROH and New Japan talent trade back and forth. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be an awkward dynamic. I still feel like he could be used somewhere in the machine, somewhere, to, to enhance something. Kevin Kelly's not bad. You mean in the WWE machine? Yeah. No, keep him over there. He's a dork. Yeah, well, I mean, we got yeah, enough but dorks. There's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we got enough dorks. We got enough dorks. But he's an experienced dork. Yeah, but Moro is a better dork, so I'd rather have Moro than this guy. Yeah, that's true. All right, you've got a you know fifth story here, right? you got a surprise fifth story for us? Yeah, so... Here, hold on. Are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so process. the Trust PWG the process, Battle man. of Los Angeles... Oh, I thought you were saying something. I was telling you to trust the I'll process. I'll start again. PWG Battle of Los Angeles 2017 Tournament Field has been announced. All right. Now, I won't go through all of them, but here are some of the highlights. You have Kevin Lee, who I've been reading might be winning this, but Kevin Lee, Travis Banks. Uh, you have Trevor Lee, Jeff Cobb, uh, Zach Sabre Jr., uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage, I fucking love. He should be in the WWE. He's fucking built like a Mack truck and moves like Rey Mysterio. It's fucking awesome. My favorite independent pro wrestler right now, Marty Scroll, is in it. Michael Elgin, uh, TK Cooper, Matt Seidel, who's fucking unbelievably great. And then MMA to uh, pro wrestling transitional fighter Matt Riddle and former WWE uh, wrestler Sammy Callahan will all be in there. Also Ricochet and then Pentagon Zero or Pentagon Jr. Excuse me. Gosh, that's a lot of talent. Yeah. And you got some others in there as well. I just named some of the highlights to me, you know. Yeah. No, I'm excited about that. That sounds fun. I got that's one uh, one of my New Year's resolutions uh, was to watch at least one non WWE event each month. So when is that event again? A uh, uh, little under two months. Okay, away. so I'll have to I make think it's sure. in September first through the third. Somewhere in there. Sure, in September that I watch that event. That's fun. I like yeah, that. September first through the third. Okay. Well, that was the mother-loving news, man. There was a lot of news. There was plenty more out there, too. Go find your dirt sheets. We like to use allwrestling.com, allwrestlingnews.com, and eWrestlingNews.com, and various others You know that filter in through there. But uh, there's plenty of stories. But those are just the big ones that, that got some of the main attention. And we're going to come back after we take a quick break, and we're going to do some Tweet the Table, which is the most fun and interactive segment in wrestling radio. So stick around. Through the break for when we come back to the Spanish Announce Table on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and Ring of Honor has been in business longer than WCW's entire run. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com Hey, what's up? It's WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler here, and you're listening to the Spanish Announce Table on the Trending Topics Network.
Did he say he's got the moobs that really move them? Got moobs? He, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. He's Shawn Michaels, goddammit. Got the moobs that really move. I'm emphasizing the B. Moob. I'm emphasizing the D. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is Tweet the Table. We are getting some feedback here, huh? aren't we? Echo. It is Tweet the Table. It's the most fun and interactive segment in wrestling radio today. You go on Twitter, you use hashtag Tweet the Table, all one word, because if you didn't make it all one word, it would just be hashtag Tweet, and that wouldn't be fun. We wouldn't find out that you're saying it. You use your any and every wrestling thought with hashtag Tweet the Table, and we're going to read the best of them right here. Right here, right now. Oh, my goodness. T Mac, are you ready for Tweet the, the Table? Let's do this at the ultimate one says i don't get it why is there two international commentators for each major country but we are forced to listen to three hashtag tweet the table yeah why why are all the why are all the other countries only getting two why we got three and yeah i don't get and who (laughs) Well, I was trying and, to phrase what I wanted to say, and then I kind of forgot it. Yeah. Uh, who tells them what to say? So, you know, you can't say belt. You can't say X, Y, and Z. But is that true for the German broadcast team? The new one is you can't say Money in the Bank briefcase. It is the Money in the Bank contract. Right. So, but like, who's telling yeah. Shanghai that or whatever? I wonder if know? somebody is repeating every Vince Frank. McMahon thing like i but wonder then if, how do they do it if they only have two let's say jbl is yeah you know, I yeah i don't know i don't know how that works somebody should uh clue us in if they know if we got any insider fans hashtag tweet the table or table show at gmail.com at gbl 316 says hashtag tweet the table best part of raw can you guess what gbl 316 thinks the best part of raw was uh yes i'm gonna guess it's sasha banks uh-huh. and uh bailey as he calls them the mega powers 2.0 i would not mind them like i said if they became more like their own person now bailey is but if sasha could get more into her own personality and they became some sort of like duo not necessarily a tag team but a duo that would help each other out and you know why not because i don't like what's going on with either of them otherwise i like it feels like real heat between Sasha and Alexa Bliss. I feel like they really don't like each other. They probably don't. Hey, you know what I uh, did like, and they haven't gone back to this, is remember Bailey's weird-ass hug with Corey Graves and that whole thing? Yeah, but Corey Graves has like nine things cooking right now, you know? So maybe that just gets on the back burner, and then once we finish you know what up happened? with the uh, current you know thing. Corey Graves probably went to a bunch of different writers. He's like, come on, man, you got to give me something more, man. I'm doing this commenting thing. It's great, but come on, let's, let's give me something more. And three or four of them came back with something at once, and he was like, all right, fuck it. We're doing them all. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, yeah, I'm thinking he. they were like, man, he looks like an evil fuck. We need to have him be the evil fuck in all of our storylines. Yeah, he's the new Hornswoggle. At Kiwi Tuts says, I cannot remember the last time Big Show had a chant on Raw. Lol, hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, it's probably been a while, other than please retire. I do remember that one. Yeah. 
Two people chime in on this one. Well, many more than two, but I want to read these two. At Theo75 says, Braun Strowman is okay. His beard took most of the impact. He should have kicked out the door and went after Roman. Hashtag tweet the table. And at B underscore double underscore. D. Says WWE, where you can't say belt, but you can commit attempted vehicular manslaughter. Hashtag tweet the table. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Strowman, uh, yes, they played it up like it was so impactful that he was stumbling out and refusing medical attention. But how badass would it if he would have just kicked open some ambulance door? I'm not finished with you. <laughs> Freaking just. I, I love you know it. What I, mean? I wish they. He kind of did in a I just got my ass kicked kind of thing, but uh, I loved it. I yeah. love that whole segment. The, and, and people are like, did we just witness our first dark match during a pay-per-view with uh, uh, the two gingers? I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Right Hawkins uh, and uh, Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, because that was showing how important the uh, – the moment was with Braun is that, Hey, we still need to get the show going. We don't know how long this is going to take. So let's keep the show going. It was cool. Cause it stayed true to what would happen if that really would have happened yeah. in real life. I loved it. Yeah. It's great. At Chris Mercado 23 says, did Bray Wyatt just win a match? Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Hashtag WWE balls. Hashtag tweet the table. By the way, that hashtag WWE balls was trending on Twitter during the event. <laughs> I wonder if like having the money in the bank money in the bank briefcase and how like you start losing all your matches once you have it if that's going to be the case for any active wrestler who gets on the cover of WWE they're going to just lose the matches until the game starts coming out and then get put on a burner of like a push mega push when the right. game comes out in October Yeah you're going to have the the 2K curse yeah, so you're like you're gonna lose up until September, and then September to October, November, you're oh, gonna yeah. get the mega push, right? Because then we want everybody buying it. Yep, right. Yep. So this is you're paying your dues now. You're paying it forward. Yep, exactly. Yep. It starts with Bray Wyatt. Go out there and get Bray Wyatt over. <laughs> At Katie first, lady. Interesting. This gender Dillinger match would have been an NXT match three years ago. Hashtag tweet the table. There's a lot of matches though that would have been an NXT match three years ago. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, they've pumped yeah. so much talent out of there to the main roster in the last couple of years. It's astounding. Yeah. Other than AJ Styles, almost or AJ Styles, Orton and Cena. Every match would have been an NXT match. Oh, three good years brothers ago. at Lady Undertaker says, what was with Bo Dallas? He looked like an extra from an Easy Rider movie. Hashtag tweet the table. I dig it. Good. I like it. I like it. And I love the Mr. Oz and I love the Mizzies. Uh, that was super fun. I love it all. It's great. That's yeah. yeah. They are a highlight of wrestling. Yes. At Mr. Fourth Row says, did Angle ask for someone to call 911? Aren't the emergency personnel already there? Hashtag tweet the table. Well, yeah, but you don't think that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not like, yeah, you're, you're still, that's your, that's your go-to in any emergency, right? Even if nobody's around, you're like, call 911. Even if you have oh. a phone in your hand and you're like, yeah. nobody else is around. Yeah, there's been some times when I've been at like fights, you know, as a fan, and I'll see a a, a fight in the crowd. I'm like, someone should call the cops. And I'm like, well, there's <laughs> fucking cops here. There's cops here. <laughs> at the ultimate one says the fact that Bliss can pop her arm out of place is creepy, but 
I might have a semi. Hashtag tweet the table. That's a TMI. TMI is uh, you may not be the only person that feels that way. <laughs> At WIR. You might. Might is all he's saying, right? Just might. might. I'm just saying might. You might. might. You might not. Wink. At WIR. What? what? Just a what? I wink. No, what? 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 At WIR Cata says, there's nothing worse than hearing Cole say every time, without fail, it's boss time during every Sasha entrance. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag WWE balls. It is without question the worst to hear Michael Cole say, and hear me out, anything. anything. It's just it's fucking bad. <laughs> At B underscore double underscore. It's not A, it's not B, it's not C, and it's not E. It's the D. It's the D. Hoped everyone likes Sunday Night Raw. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag tweet the balls. I love that pay-per-view. I thought I it was great. It. I thought it was decent. Yeah, I thought it was good. At the ultimate one says, I have never been so bored by an Iron Man match. And Iron Man matches are my favorite. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, we called it. We booked it before it even happened. Oh, is, and, and I thought it was better than it could have been. Well, and here's the thing: I, the finish, to an extent, I loved the fact that after the whatever whisper in the you know meadows or whatever the yeah. fuck he calls it, willow, uh, willow, he fucking uh, that Cesaro snuck in that pinfall. But moments earlier, so Cesaro then Cesaro and Sheamus go up four to three, right? Okay, moments earlier, Corey Graves just got done saying that. Even in a tie, Cesaro and Sheamus would retain the titles. So when it's coming down to the last seconds and the Hardys are trying to sneak one last one in, I'm like, this doesn't matter anyway. Even if they tie, nothing changes. So, like, right. you lost that tie, aspect of it. If it's a tie and Cesaro's running away from Hardy, it makes sense because then they could right. lose their title. So but he if they still got yeah, pinned. He should have snuck that in as the tie, right? He, they right. should have been up by one, and then he snuck that in as a tie with and I love the very start up. of the match with the uh, the distraction drive-by kick that got the pin. Yeah. I like that. That was good. Yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't bad. At Chris Mercado 23 says, uh, it's going to take a minute for me to adjust to seeing Enzo and Cass not together anymore. It's just strange. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Theo 75 says, Enzo sells great in and out of the ring. He could give Ziggler a run for his money. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag WWE balls yeah if enzo can get four or five signature offensive moves i'm pushing him to the intercontinental championship Me too he's like, money his promo his promo at the at the balls pay-per-view was again a fucking grand slam he will he will come up with enough catchphrases every so often to more than pay for his salary in merchandising for oh, for and a I even love the he played the uh, down and out miss my best friend thing really well in that highlight package where he was sitting backstage. Yep. He conveyed great emotion with his facial features and that promo, like I said, where he's going to be, you know, you may be seven feet tall, but my future is going to overshadow that all of that stuff. I thought it was perfect. And he does do great at selling. He always does that like uh, like blank stare into the mm -hmm. nothing. And it's like, fuck, is he really out? Like, mm -hmm. he, he must have watched that tape of when he did go 
out cold and just like, all right, am I doing what you see here? Like had someone help him yeah. with like selling that face because yeah. he does it fucking great. I like it. At Lady Undertaker says, can't wait to hear the big secret about Kurt Angle. The suspense is killing me. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Katie first. Not a man, but a lady. Says, don't tell me Angle is having an affair with Dixie Carter. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, here's the thing. You have to deliver now because you've you've made him say, I could lose my family. You've made him say, I love you to whoever was on the other end of the line. This better be intriguing and it better be big or else I'm going to feel cheated. Yeah, the the lose my family or I think it's the love you thing that got me. If it wasn't the it was like, hey, we can get through this, then it makes it more fun because then it could be male or female right yeah. you can still lose your family with being tied to the mafia oh, or yeah, you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. a, a bad character right you could still lose your family but when you say i love you and it's 2017 you can be with a man but in wwe world that's still oh my god because they make fun of tyler breeze for wearing a bra when he goes undercover because <laughs> it's women's clothing anyhow um Look, he's in a dress. (laughs) Yeah, you're wearing women's clothes, and that makes you feel good about yourself. You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) He's in a dress. All right. Uh, But they pigeonholed themselves by saying, basically, now it's a female. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how fucking cool would that be if it was a dude? Well, but I mean, it could be. We he didn't say romantic love. There's platonic love. Could be a brother. Could be a brother, right? Could be anything. Could be that guy from DuPont. All right. At Mr. Fortherow says, did Grado just say Josh Washington? Yep. Almost American. Hashtag tweet the table. Man, there's people still watching. (laughs) Hey, What was TNA? I watch highlights when I can because I don't get that channel now that I moved in with Emily. Mm -hmm. I lost the, uh, and then I I got rid of View because we have cable. Oh, it's on uh, View? Yeah, I still have it. I just don't yeah, you have it, but I don't. Um, Look, I mean, so I want to give it a chance again, but uh, I, right. and I but saw I some of the like I yeah. watched the uh, Bobby Lashley Del Rio match or El Patron match. Thought it was great. El Patron now is with LAX. I thought yeah, that was well, great, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, uh, well, but so they're taped through August twenty first. Their next tapings are not to August twenty first. There is time for this Del Rio thing to blow over if they, you know what I mean pay off the bronc dirty cops or just it's you know the cops are too busy to care you know page yeah. goes i don't want to press charges just That's give me more coke all right yeah. um what i can't press charges because he has my ecstasy and he i need the my hookup. ecstasy yeah he has the hookup <laughs> let me let's face it at the ultimate one says i like it when joe talks like a serial killer hashtag tweet the table me too what if el patron gets his drugs from lax Oh. And he, he wrote in the storyline, I need to be in this group because I'm already hanging out with them backstage. What if yeah. Conan is his supplier? Uh, that would not shock me if Conan was actually like. But then there's where I mean? Del Rio's like, hey, I really love these guys and I might need a bump during a match. So let me just tag with them so I can get <laughs> yeah. a bump from them. And then they're, there you go. They're doing the drugs in the match. During the match. Yeah, yeah. I like it. They can just put it on the railing. No one sits front row anyhow. So just right there. There's nobody there. Yeah. All right. No there. At WIR Cata says, love all the blood we've seen this uh, through this show. A welcome change. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag WWE balls. There was a lot of blood. I like it. 
I love I it. At Lady Undertaker says, Goldust is finally wearing the golden robe again. 24 karat greatness. Love it. Hashtag tweet the table. I'm so done with this, though. I want Goldust. If we're going to have the Goldust back as the old Goldust, cool. But let's, like, I'm tired of this R-Truth feud. Yeah. You know who would be good for him? Uh, Enzo. Yes. Yes, because Enzo would get weirded out by what Goldust says and does. And have then nine Goldust, million awesome catchphrases and, about the weirdo yes, gold dust. And Goldust doesn't yeah. care about putting him over. Like he's fuck yeah. that's what he's there for. He's just happy to have a job. Yep. Fuck. There you yes. go. Gold right. dust. I think he just pinned uh R Truth on Monday. So that's the end of that. R Truth yep. still trying to remember the lyrics of his song that he's been singing for fifteen years. Yep. Get him out of there. Well, and it's perfect to make Enzo ignore Big Cass because like this weirdo won't right. leave him alone. So I gotta deal with this weirdo first, and then I'll get back to Enzo, the Big Cass someday. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just have gold dust. You know. You you show backstage uh, Enzo getting out of the shower kind of thing, and Goldust is holding his towel, and he's like, "Dude, what?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, don't bro. you want to get in, like, bro? Yeah, hey, I, bro, thanks, I ain't down but, like oh, that. Man. It's cool. Just go from there. Yeah, you know? bro. Whatever you want to do is cool. Pride. I'm all down with that, but that ain't me, bro. Right? Like right. he's just getting. He's yeah. like, it can be. Well, you. and then Goldust could could just go from the angle of I want you to be the star of my next movie. Yeah, and he's like, I ain't into those kind of movies, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, fun. It'd be great. We could have fun. All right, final one. At Chris Mercado 23 says, with Jamie Noble being a redneck, you'd think he'd be better at using a pry bar. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeesh. Wow. Well, he did get Shots stabbed. Fired. In, he, what? he did get stabbed in his trailer park, in all fairness, to Chris Mercado 23. So. Like yes. just the, like just a month ago, so, like that was recent. And he took it well. He took it like a champ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's still there working. Pry bar and Braun Strowman out of an ambulance. So love it. There you go. All right, Team Mac, are you ready to take a break? We're gonna do something we haven't done yet. This is part of our new rotating third segment. We're gonna take a little uh, hop into the wayback machine and take a trip back in time. Uh, uh, you ready for that? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are, are you really though? Really, really? All right. We'll take a break. We will come back and do exactly that. But you got to stick around and find out what we're talking about when we return to the Spanish announce table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And Steve Austin's first WWE opponent when he was the ringmaster was Matt Hardy. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. This is the Iceman, and you are listening to the best podcast in the land, the Spanish Announcement. You know the music well. Love it. Taz was Love your it. dude. Taz was the shit for you. Taz is my one of my favorites. Number six. Number five. six. Who's five, four, three, two, and one? 
uh, well, number one is Hogan. Mm-hmm. Number two, number two is uh, Shawn Michaels. Number three is Kurt Angle. Ooh, number, ooh. Yeah, number four is uh, this is where it gets like four, five, and six kind of jumble. It's Taz, Sting, and Rob Van Dam. It depends on the day. Sting is not even in my top ten, and we agree on one and two. I haven't really thought much past that. Sting was awesome. Surfer Sting is so hated on. If Surfer, Surfer Sting, Sting was great. Was in, I love yeah, Surfer, Surfer Sting. Surfer Sting, 1986. If he's WWE, that's Hogan. I love Surfer Sting, but I hated Crow Sting from the beginning just because I was like, dude, it's a complete rip off of the Crow. But it and yeah, wrestling rips off a lot of things, but it was so almost to the letter that I was like, this is hard, man. And I guess I wasn't a Crow fan, so if I was a Crow fan, maybe I would have loved it. See, I like Crow. And I like that he was the only one that separated himself away yeah. from the wolf. I, I didn't like Crow, and I loved the NWO. And we'll talk more about this in this segment. This is a fun thing we're going to do once in a while. Um, whenever we do, let's say don't we have we don't have an interview, we don't have picks. You know, one of these third segments here that's open. We're going to do a we're going to hop in our time machine. We got a DeLorean here at Table Show Studios. It's the Spanish announced time machine. Yeah, I said it. Fuck mm-hmm. off. We're going to hop in and we're going to go back in time to various dates, but we're going to stick to this week, right? The last seven days up till now, T-Mac. We're going to cover Come this week in wrestling history. Yeah, maybe we'll get a fun yeah, little sound it. effect for that, but uh, we do have this. And I'm going to make it a little bit fun for you, T-Mac. I'm going to make you guess some things, yeah? I right. like guessing. All right, T-Mac. All. T-Mac. We've hopped into our uh, Spanish announced time machine and we've gone back. And uh, On this day. 32 years ago, July 6th, 1985. Okay. July 6th, 1985. Tito Santana defeats Greg the Hammer Valentine in Baltimore, Maryland to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. This was the first time. Any WWF title changed hands in what type of match, T-Mac? 1985. Type of match. First WWF championship. Two out of three. Nope. A steel cage match. Ah, shit. Big Blue, man. What did you think of Big Blue? What are your first thoughts when I give you a Rorschach test and I show you the Big Blue cage? I think of Hogan doing his promo against Bundy for WrestleMania 2. I, I think of the match. I think of the the Hogan Bundy cuz that was the bluest of blue cages. Was it not? I mean that was Yep. The, that's what the I think. blue and then cage. Also, match. I think of Zeus and Macho Man yes. doing their promos. I miss the blue cage. Can I say that? I mean, can I be an old Yeah, they should do it when they do those uh, old school Raws, yes. you know, like the they should have a cage match of two guys that don't give a shit about like another ginger match the Heath Slater and the other yeah, guy yeah and uh just do it in like a blue cage because fuck it yeah because it look it stands out more than your standard cage so it's gonna be a little more fun right yeah like if you had you know what would have been great for you know who would have been great to do that is Eugene remember when Eugene just yeah. was like I'm a fan and everything and he would only steal like everything from 
you know, yeah. Austin Stunner to Rocks Rock Bottom. He would have like done that. That yeah. would have been a good well, thing the, for him to the do. The Bullet Club copy everything. Let's get them to get a blue cage out there. All right. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, they fuck. Yeah, well, put right. the young cunts in there. Fuck the revival, right? Okay, all right. Yeah, I can do it oh. every night, even though I don't fucking wrestle every night. But we can do it every night, and we have creative control, and we have all the time in the world. We're so much better than the revival. Fuck the young cunts. All right, T Mac, let's hop back into the Spanish announced time machine. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go to a time when young cunts weren't wrestling. All right. On this day, twenty-one years ago, July seventh. 1996 Hulk Hogan turned heel at WCW's Bash at the Beach in Daytona Beach, Florida, siding with the outsiders Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in what is still recognized as the biggest heel turn in the history of professional wrestling. T-Mac, but okay, before we move on to the questions, we have discussed this this happening in pro wrestling history numerous times ad nauseum mm-hmm. you cried i celebrated you claim you would have beat me up i claimed i would have beat you up right we've yeah. done all that we've done all that is there any new perspective or thought that you have on the hogan heel turn and the nwo that we have not said yet the only thing and someone brought it up is bobby heenan almost ruined it by saying mm-hmm. which side is he on mm-hmm. before he got to the ring um, I, I remember that and I remember him saying that and I was like, huh, huh. And then I was like, phew, nah, nah. Right. And then I just kind of left it go. Right. I was like, the only thing that I think, and this is revisionist history, hoping that, you know, you could make everything perfect. You know, the hindsight's 2020 is it was such an iconic moment for Hogan to turn on everyone and WCW that his leg drop went on Macho Man that I wish Macho Man never would have joined the NWO. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instead, like if you were going to do the leg drop and how it would have, you know, if you were going to still have Macho Man join the NWO, it would have been cooler than if Hogan would have got the leg drop on Sting. And yeah. then then when you do the crow sting and he doesn't wrestle for a year and you do that build up, it all goes to the genesis of the point of when Hogan yeah. dropped the leg on, on sting. sting. Yeah, it should That's have been the only on part sting. That now, yeah, now I look at it and I'm like, well, Macho Man joined like six months later or whatever yeah. it was. Like, yeah, no, it wasn't that quick, but you know what I mean. It's like he became an iconic member in that organization. Yet he was the one that got backstabbed. Yeah. It was like should have been on Sting. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing I do know of is that I remember in – it was high school. It was early high school, so I'm thinking freshman year, right? I can't remember. 96 would have probably been my sophomore year. And, so you were, what, 28? Huh? You were 28? Yeah, my my seventh sophomore year. Uh, <laughs> you were buying so, beer for all the freshmen? <laughs> yeah. What did you – you nerd? All right, so <laughs> – hey, man, it got laid, right? All right, so <laughs> – no so okay so i had for, i can't remember what exactly it was but we all had for this one class for some stupid like not even a charity thing but i want to say like some stupid cause thing we had to have this bear and we had to decorate the shirt and we had to like you know 
Uh, like a Build-A-Bear. Right. It was just, well, I mean, it was a paper bear, but we had to decorate the shirt. So, of course, mine was NWO, right? And I had that. And my, I had a black, like, Jan Sport backpack. Remember those, like, cloth backpacks, the rugged mm-hmm. ones, right? I had one of those. And on those, you could take white out, and you could, like, basically stain. And, of course, I had NWO on that, right? And so my dad sees all this, right? And he was like, all right, what the fuck is this? What is New World Order? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, basically, like, kind of crazy shit are you getting into, right? And I was uh-huh. just like, no, it's a wrestling thing. And he's just like, what a fuck, dork. <laughs> like, like, you God say damn. New World Order to an adult before yeah. NWO was something, that makes me think of like overthrowing the government. Well, kind of yeah, I th- and he's a police officer, right? So he's like, <laughs> all right, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, right? You exactly. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's wrestling. And he was like, are you fucking shitting me still? Aren't you a fucking adult? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, God damn it. Like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. My parents hated my wrestling addiction. Not hated it. They just, <laughs> I rollingly tolerated it. You know what I mean? No, oh, same here. Same yeah. here. My dad would always go, you like those pussies fake punching each other in their underwear? Fucking pussies. I kick their ass. That's what he said all the time. Like, dad, you can't even wipe your own ass because you have a fake back. <laughs> a fake back. Yeah, you know, he he was a construction worker and he had a back injury, so he was forced to retire, and so uh, he uh, had major back surgery. So all of his vertebrae are just metal rods. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, mm. he has to get into a wheelchair like during the hot days. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, not to make light of it, that's a. Uh, you seem to have. Yeah, a, but then uh... listen, But that's the guy that's saying he could kick. You know, at the time, Psycho Sid's ass or right, Scott Steiner. Exactly. Right. It's like, shut up. All right, so then let's let's stay here. We're 21 years ago. It's July 7th, 1996. Bash at the Beach. Hogan turns heel. This event, 1996 Bash at the Beach, T-Mac, was also had another card. Obviously, they had a lot more matches. There were three gimmick matches. Okay? I'm going to read these matches, and you're going to guess the gimmick match. All right? Yeah? You ready? All right. Yeah. John Tenta. Remember John Tenta? Mm-hmm. Defeated Big Bubba Rogers, big boss man, in a. Oh, see, WCW was so weird that I don't know. It, those are hard because all I remember is the NWO, you know. So, in a. You're not going to guess this. Body slam uh-huh. competition. In a Carson City Silver Dollar match. Oh yeah, those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Those were just those were crackers. Crackers right. of a match. Diamond Dallas Page defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a flag match. A taped fist match. What the fuck is that? I don't know. I, and I wasn't going to go back and watch because fuck that. And finally, the Nasty Boys defeated the Public Enemy in a... Table match. Double dog collar chain match. I remember this one. They were They were... One member of Public Enemy was connected to one nasty boy with a chain, and they had a dog collar, and the chain was connected to the dog collar, and they're just beating the shit out of each other all throughout this like beach area that they've got on set. I remember that. I do not remember that. Yeah. All I remember is the main event. Yeah. All right. And let's hop back into the Spanish announce table time machine. On this day. 15 years ago, July 8th, 
2002. Yeah. Fuck, really? Yeah, 2002. What? <laughs> what? Why do you say that? Because <laughs> when you said 15 years ago, I went to like the early 90s. Yeah, no, 2002, 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Kevin Nash <laughs> suffered a torn left quadricep on Raw in Philadelphia, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uh, I knew this would pop, T-Mac. All right. We're here, T-Mac. We're in 2002. I love that moment so much. That poor bastard. When he fell, I thought, okay, he's really overacting. And then I realized, oh, shit. He really... This dumb motherfucker. All right. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash suffered a torn left quadricep on Raw in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, during his first match since suffering a torn bicep injury. Nash, while participating in a 10-man tag team match, even though he was originally scheduled to return later in the week, suffered the injury while landing awkwardly after tripping over the foot of what competitor? Big Show. Booker T. Oh, oh my I knew goodness. It was like Booker T, Big Show, X-Pac, Kevin Nash. I remember, and then Shawn Michaels. He f- and then they pointed out. Remember, that was the most racist storyline. That was the second most racist storyline Booker T was involved in in WWE. First being Triple H at WrestleMania 19 when Triple H said, you people don't deserve to be yeah. champion. Yeah. But this one was Shawn Michaels Big Show, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac just saying, you're the weak link. You're the one that needs to get kicked out. And they basically beat the shit out of Booker T for, like, weeks. Well, and then there was a – this wasn't involving Booker T, but uh, Crime Time. It, they're black, so they steal stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's just blatantly racist, but at least they can have fun and kind of you know, just be funny. But that right. was like a storyline written to like, nope, we're fucking you specifically over. Like, I thought that was bullshit. But yeah, I do remember him tripping and falling. And then he ripped his quad. A ripped quad in pro wrestling is always funny. I don't care if you're Kevin Nash, Vince McMahon. I love it each and every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely fun. All right, let's hop back into the Spanish announce time machine, T-Mac. On this day. Six. Oh, wait, nope, 17 years ago, July 9th, 2000, WCW is presenting another Bash at the Beach from Daytona Beach, Florida, an event that would be remembered for what bizarre incident? This is WCW 2000. Oh, is 2000, uh, is this one Hogan? And Vince Russo do their whole, like, it's a work, yep. it's a shoot. Booker gonna, T yeah. defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, making him the second only African-American World Heavyweight Champion in WCW history, even though Jeff Jarrett had just lost that title two matches earlier to Hulk Hogan when he laid down for Hogan at the screaming direction of Vince Russo, who would then later announce that Jarrett was still the champion and would face Booker T later that evening. That was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. 
It was yeah. so uncomfortable. It it if it was a work, it was fucking poorly done. And if it was a shoot, it was mismanaged and it was just such ah, what a shit show that was right there. Yeah, it was really bad. And yeah, it Hogan said what everybody was thinking right then too, and he was like, This is why this fucking company is in this position. Yeah. But now I mean, fucking Russo. But at the same point, man, Hogan wasn't trying to play ball either and was you know I mean it was because it wasn't just Hogan wasn't like, Hey, I'm in the right here. Yes, that's why the company has this problem, but your part of that problem is that everybody gets to say, No, I'm doing this now. And right. everybody yeah. so, supposedly it was has two power. Two bad apples blaming each other for being bad apples. It's too many people having too much power to say, Nope, we're doing this now. Yeah, it was what a fucking yeah. WCW, WCW two thousand company. All but right. isn't that kind of crazy that they've had two African American champions and WWE hasn't had one? Yeah, right. And they were in deep South, you know, stereotypical. Don't fucking tell me Rebel Trucker, but they're in deep South, racist, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, oh, mm-hmm. and yet they have two African American champions, yeah. and it's two thousand seventeen. And, and I know you could say Rock and. Okay, but I'm saying he claims he's his, Samoan, uh, Samoan heritage yeah. just as much. So I'm saying more. Yeah, yeah. absolutely so, claims it more. He definitely identifies as a Samoan more. Whether or not he would say that, he absolutely does. All you got to do is scroll through his Instagram to find that out. No, uh, you know what? I think they should like they could take Bobby Lashley right now. I think he's putting in good enough work to be a world heavyweight champion on you know i mean one of the two brands and then there they could have their you know their they don't need to take bobby lashley they could put big e they could put big e up there true that's true too i mean yeah it i would it would have to be the right storyline and the right thing but yeah absolutely if you can do it with gender mahal you could absolutely do it with biggie yeah gender equality you know what i'm saying Right. Gender equality. Man, why is he not doing that? All right, let's hop back into the Spanish announce time machine. T-Mac, are you ready? I am. On this day. 16 years ago, July 10th, 2001, WWF taped an episode of SmackDown in Birmingham, Alabama, featuring Jeff Hardy defeating Mike Awesome to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. The show would eventually be most known, however, for what segment that would eventually in 2009 be selected as the fifth greatest moment in SmackDown history? Shit, you kind of threw me for a curveball uh-huh. when you're talking about Hardy and right. Awesome. Right, I mean, yeah, you like it. Mike so- Awesome was the first WCW uh, wrestler to win a WWF championship, which was Ooh. the hardcore championship. So it's 2001. We're on SmackDown. Okay, it's Birmingham, Alabama. That that featured that match, right? That was the main event, the WWE Hardcore title. But mm-hmm. the show would eventually be most known for what segment? And it was in 2009 selected as the fifth greatest moment in SmackDown history. I don't know if they've done a greatest moments in SmackDown history since, but... Is I'm it assuming- the milk truck? It is Kurt Angle's acoustic rendition of Jimmy Crack Corn. And I've spoken ah, of this yes. moment in great reverence. I love that scene. Yes, 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 yes. He's got yeah, that hat. Kurt Angle the, was like ukulele. all-time high comedian. Yes, he was so fun then. 
and Steve Austin involved and the the Vince McMahon. I mean, that was really fun television. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. That was a great, fun time. It wasn't the intensity, you know, and it was kind of hard to be like, wait a minute, Stone Cold doing this, but he killed it and he did it great. He managed to keep himself relevant while doing nothing. Right. Yeah. All right, let's hop back into the Spanish Nouns time machine. Eight years ago, on July 11th, 2008, what non-wrestling event managed to increase the legitimacy of professional wrestling, if only indirectly? Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar defeated Frank Mir via TKO in the second round of their fight at UFC 100 in Las Vegas, Nevada, which unified the UFC heavyweight and interim heavyweight championships. Still to this day, UFC 100 is one of the most purchased pay-per-view events in history and was the most bought in UFC history for another eight years until being surpassed by UFC 202 last August. Oh, yeah. UFC 100 main event was Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir. Frank Mir's dad uh, started crying and threw in the towel because Brock Lesnar was beating up Frank Mir so bad. Then you had George St. Pierre versus Tiago Alves. George St. Pierre won a decision fight after the second round. He tore his fucking groin muscle. And then you had arguably the greatest knockout of all time when Dan Henderson fucking put Michael Bisbing's dick in the dirt with a right hand that came from fucking and landed right in London and fucking flattened Michael Bisping. Loved UFC 100. Mwah! Loved it. That was when UFC one event per month. You got hyped for it. They did good press. You did good promotion. You got invested in all the fights. Now it's just a fight every fucking weekend. You're like, who's fighting? Wait, 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 wait. I forgot this is happening. Oh, God. Okay, I guess I'll watch it. I'm, I don't care. But, man, back in UFC 100, whew, mm, loved it. And then UFC 101. Was Anderson Silva and Forrest Griffin? It was, oh, it was great. BJ so, Penn, Kenny Florian. So I remember being in Germany uh, around, um, let's see here. Yeah, so it was 2008. So I'm in Germany, and I remember hearing or seeing a magazine somewhere that Brock Lesnar is going to try UFC, right? And I'd kind of fallen off since I'd been there in Germany, hadn't been able to see much wrestling, barely knew much at all. And I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Okay. Neat. Right, and then this comes along later, and he's the UFC champion, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Right, like I knew he was badass when he came in, but I had no idea he would go on to be one of the most badass men of all time. You know that we've known about at least. You know, like, just intense. Oh yeah, yeah. Because his first fight was outside of uh, UFC. It was M1. He fought Hongman Choi, I believe his name was. That was the same card. Remember Johnny Morton, the Chiefs wide receiver? Yeah. He fought on that card. He got knocked out and refused to take a drug test, so he didn't get paid. It's fucking weird. No one's heard from him since. But Brock Lesnar won that fight. Then he goes into the UFC. His first fight is against Frank Mir. He dominates Frank Mir. They do a stupid restart because of a strike to the back of the head, which was a bullshit call. Anyhow, they restart. Frank Mir catches him in a knee bar. Then Brock Lesnar fucking destroys Heath Herring's face with a fucking right from goddamn – the atom bomb 
and fucking there goes Heath Herring. He's never seen again. Then he beats Randy Couture for the title. Then he beats Frank Merritt UFC 100. Then he beats Shane Carwin. And then Cain Velasquez says, oh, my Mexican pride. I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass. And he did, boy. And that's why when you see Brock Lesnar and he talks about being the baddest man in the world, he has a little scar underneath his eye. That's from Cain Velasquez. All right. Well, let's hop back in to the Spanish announced time machine and go to we're recording this on July 12th, 2017. So we're going to go back to 19 years ago, July 12th, 1998. WCW is presenting Bash at the Beach from San Diego, California. You're seeing a Bash at the Beach theme here, right? This week. Mm-hmm. I like it. An event. That it, was, it was their summer sim. Yeah. So WCW is presenting Bash at the Beach, San Diego, California, 1998, an event that gained a lot of mainstream media attention due to the main event tag team match of 98. Oh, because, yep, I know this. It's uh, DDP and Carl Malone losing to Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. And that was yeah. crazy because in the finals of the NBA uh, championship, it was Carl Malone's Utah Jazz versus Michael Jordan, but Dennis Rodman's Chicago Bulls. Yeah. How incredible is that? It's so fun. Have Draymond Green versus fucking LeBron James. And then have Whoa. them play in the finals. Wait, hold on. Can we book that? Can we get that done? A tag team match? Let's do that. What two wrestlers would you put with? Oh, jeez. A heel um, and a baby face. So you've got to have, well, you've got to have the new day. You've got to have the new day. So let's say, face. let's say Xavier Woods is with, um, with Drayvon, right? Draymond, Draymond Green, right? Why does New Day have to be with him? Because they're the face. No, LeBron would be the face in this, wouldn't he? Yeah, Draymond yeah, LeBron kicks would be the dick. face. So yeah, LeBron and Xavier Woods would take on. Who would be with Draymond? Then would it be Titus? Why are you just putting all black people together? Because who's watching? Like who else? Which of the white wrestlers in oh, WWE are watching NBA? Oh, I can tell you exactly how John you do this. Cena. We could put John nope. Cena in there. Nope. This is exactly how you do this. Huh. You put a babyface, Cleveland native. Oh, Miz. So, okay, yeah, okay. So the Miz, so that ties into LeBron. You think? And the Miz watches NBA. He's big into Cleveland, at least. Oh yeah, sure. he goes and he does the whole get hype Cleveland. You know the yep. Q and all that shit. Yep, yep, yep. And then you put Draymond Green, the heel. Yeah. With Big E. With Big E. Yes. So now we've got to get Miz face and and yeah because I mean the Miz still does Sports Nation like now like he will randomly show up on Sports Nation and do like the show but you have to have two physically impressive people so for when Draymond does Sports Center and Big E can be like yeah I'm fucking buff check this shit out I'm gonna do a bench press of 500 pounds you know yeah that's the impressive thing so that's why you gotta have Big E and titties yeah. Yeah, look at my look at my tits. Look at my titties. <laughs> you yeah, should just say I that. I can breastfeed your fucking woman off of this tit right to, here. You should go on onto the Tonight Show and they'd be like, "So you're really strong, huh?" And be like, "Look at my titties." Yeah, just right? flap them. Yeah, yeah. just t- look at my titties. 
All right, maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't do that. So this was a fun trip back in time. We'll do this occasionally. Let us know what you think about this. Tableshow at gmail.com or hashtag tweet the table on Twitter or just at table show. You know, if you want to talk to us, send us a direct message, that kind of thing. T Mag, did you have fun with this week's show? I loved it. I loved it. Any any final takeaways or anything like that? Great week of wrestling. Great Balls of Fire was probably their best non-Big Four pay-per-view show. Uh, uh, you had an awesome fucking alpha male. I love why I watch pro wrestling Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar. I love that. And then the 24 series that no one talked about on Tweet the Table. But the 24 series uh, featuring Kurt Angle was fantastic. Dixie Carter was featured in it, which means she's going to be doing something else. But I thought that was great. And uh, overall, just loved it. Loved this week of wrestling. I liked it. All right. Well, then we'll be back next week for episode 208 of the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And Paul Heyman once introduced rapper designer at one of his concerts. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. My team song hits, kitchen reinforcements. We strike quick with hard kicks, ducking ice sticks, bare knuckle mitts, we fight pits, beat you lifeless, never survive this. Get forgot like all timers, two faced rappers.